After the Affair podcast with me, Luke Shillings, is here to help you process, decide, and move forward on purpose following infidelity. Together, we'll explore what's required to rebuild trust not only in yourself, but also with others. Whether you stay or leave, I can help. And no matter what your story, there will be something here for you. Let's go. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it is where you are right now and welcome to episode number 11 of the After the Affair podcast with myself, Luke Schillings. When thinking about this episode and what it was I was going to talk about, it went a few different directions. At first, I had thought about the concept of rose-tinted glasses and how we can look at the world in a very specific way. We can look at the world in a very positive way, which would be, you know, a rose-tinted glasses scenario whereby you can reflect on your relationship or your partner and their behaviour and see it in a very positive light. Of course, we don't always see the world in a positive light, which led me on to photochromic lenses or photochromic glasses. And these are often known as, or were often known as transition glasses, which I believe um, was probably the brand, uh, the company that that develop this technology. These are the type of glasses that automatically darken in bright outdoor conditions and return to clear when indoors or in darker conditions. They appear to do this as if by magic, but of course there is no magic involved. In fact, the lenses have specific molecules in them that react to high-frequency light, most commonly ultraviolet, which is present within sunlight but is not present in artificial light. The interesting thing about this for me was that our eyes can only process the information they receive through those photochromic lenses. This means that these transition lenses are essentially creating your individual subjective experience of what's in front of you. So that then got me thinking about the subject, just the subjective experience as a whole. How accurately do we experience other things in our lives, specifically our relationships and our partners? So what might that look like? Well, let's look at some logical steps. Your partner says or does something. You feel an emotion. And then you end up doing or saying something in response. Positive emotions are attractive. We tend to aim towards them. We often want more of them. Negative emotions, not so much. They tend to cause avoidance, resistance maybe, or some kind of reaction. So let's assume that the thing your partner did or said was something that you did not like. So that might create a negative emotion. This leads to a raised voice and then maybe you storm out. Or alternatively, you may make a snide comment under your breath and then go silent. And then the relationship or your partner gets a negative check against their name in your mind. And over time, these scenarios play out again and again and again, gradually adding checks to that negative list, building up a picture of your partner in a very negative light. This perhaps all seems quite logical, and I for one am a big fan of logic, but there's a problem. There's something missing. So maybe let's go back and have a closer look. Okay, so your partner does something, they say something, and then you feel an emotion. But wait, Where is that emotion coming from? 
Well, that emotion is coming from your thinking. You're having a thought about the behaviour of your partner and without your conscious awareness, you are allocating that to being either a positive or negative experience. And then as a result of that, your body is then experiencing the emotion. But still, that doesn't quite answer the question why. Why is it a negative experience? You might be thinking, well, obviously, Luke, it's because if my partner says this, then it means that, and therefore I should not be happy about it, which is why I feel a negative emotion. But let's just take us back to the photochromic glasses. The sunlight is just photons. Those photons reflect off the objects around us and into our eyes. But the lenses alter what we see dependent on the amount of UV light present. And how you perceived it really would depend on which pair of glasses you were wearing. Rose-tinted, standard, clear or photochromic. Could there be something similar going on with our thoughts about our partner's behaviour? Could it be that our brains are acting like photochromic lenses to our partner's behaviour and we're just not aware of it? I believe that the answer is yes, but with a caveat. When UV light hits your photochromic lenses, it always adjusts the tint to make your viewing experience more comfortable. It's not obvious that the same objective is true when it comes to the brain processing your partner's behaviour, or at least not in the same way. Let us imagine you have a list of expectations about how you think your partner should behave, but you also have a list of things of how your partner shouldn't behave. So, when you see or hear that behaviour, your brain's filter will immediately process it subconsciously as a positive or negative thought. It does this simply by referencing it against all the thoughts and beliefs that you have about behaviours that are the same that you've just witnessed or ones that are very similar to it. In this case, that will align it directly with the negative list. Okay, so point it there. It goes to the negative list. It finds the most appropriate thought that it thinks based on experience, the one with the most checks against it, and it plugs that into your conscious awareness. It then uploads all of the historical data that you have on it, and you experience a negative emotion. Once you've experienced that negative emotion, you either react to it in some way, you avoid it, or you resist it. This then allocates yet another check against your partner. You then associate that negative experience with your partner, increasing the number of checks you have against them, which then further affects the overall belief that you had about them in the first place. So you might be thinking, okay, so fair enough, but where's this list come from? Where's this list of how my partner should or shouldn't behave come from? Well, it's been developed gradually over time partly in a combination of things that you have experienced, things that you have been taught, things that you have perhaps seen or witnessed, but also because of this cycle that I've just spoken about. Your brain isn't identifying the exact relevance of the individual details of the thought. It's just associating it with the negative or positive list based on past experience. So every time you have a negative experience, your brain acts like the photochromic lens and filters your response without your conscious awareness. Sneaky. This list that we're talking about here actually 
it deserves an episode all to itself. So that's what I'm going to do. And next week's episode will be exploring what this list is made up of, exactly how it's got there, how we're currently using it, and what we can do to change it if we want to, and really go into the the nooks and crannies of that. But for today, what I'd like is for you to perhaps, like I have, is acknowledge that what we are witnessing, what we are experiencing, isn't always something that we're choosing. It's something that's been built up by beliefs over a longer period of time. And then, without question, the next thing that your partner does or says is immediately allocated to this negative pile, regardless of whether what they've said or has done really actually quantifies or is or deserves that. So as a quick example, perhaps your partner has left his socks on the bedroom floor. Again, right next to the washing basket. And you immediately get frustrated by that and you don't really question why you're frustrated you just you just feel frustration you you become annoyed in actual fact you have something on your list deeper in your mind that suggests that that kind of behavior means that he doesn't care so that logs a little check against the my partner doesn't care list and then the next day you walk into the kitchen and on the side just next to the bin there is some empty or dirty packaging um, which has got very, very close to the bin but just not quite made its way in and you didn't put it there. Um, So that adds yet another check against the he doesn't care list. And each time you spot anything that remotely resembles this kind of behaviour reinforces that and then you start to believe that he actually doesn't care. To begin with, this is relatively insignificant. It doesn't mean a great deal. But as this starts to build up, other thoughts that you have about your partner are affected directly by this deep-set belief that he doesn't care. Now, nothing's gone wrong here. Your brain is doing everything that it should. It is following part of the motivational triad, and that is to seek pleasure, avoid pain, use the least amount of energy possible. And here it is avoiding pain. It's avoiding future hurt by reminding you that your partner doesn't care and therefore maybe you should escape that situation but of course that's a drastic overreaction in probably 95% of all of the times that this happens so just pay attention to that just acknowledge that some of the information that's coming in although you're immediately feeling it as an actual emotion a vibration in the body there might be a little bit more to it before it gets to that stage. And you might be reacting, probably not from a place that you still want to. Maybe these beliefs have been built up over years and years and years. Maybe you've even brought some of these beliefs from previous relationships. Maybe you have seen this kind of behavior in your parents or in friends and family and seen how that's affected their relationship. So anything tiny, in your relationship that resembles that, if that's what you already believe, it's automatically going to give you that negative experience. Then that is going to reinforce that checklist against your partner. And that might not be exactly what you want, nor is it a pleasant way to live your life, particularly if you have the choice to think about it in a different way. Okay, so that's everything for today. Thank you ever so much for listening, as always. 
As promised, uh, next week I will explore the list that we've been talking about today in much further detail and see how that impacts your relationships and what you can do to to use that better to your advantage. So I can't wait to uh, fill you in on all the information around that. And I will speak to you soon. Have a great week and hopefully you're all starting to get prepared for Christmas for those who celebrate. Talk soon.